Uh, let's go ahead and get started. We'll be turning to Ruth chapter 3. Ruth chapter 3. Ruth chapter 3, and I'm going to read verses three, uh, 6 through 18. And she went down unto the floor, and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of a heap of corn, and she came softly and uncovered his feet, and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine hand, handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning. Inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman. Howbeit, there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well. Let him do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee. As the Lord liveth, lie down until the morning. And she lay at his feet until the morning, and she arose up before one could know another. And he said, Let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. Also he said, Bring the veil that thou hast upon thee, and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley. And laid it on her, and she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me, for he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. Then said she, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day we see here a woman who in Ruth 4 we read is the wife of the dead she came from Moab she is a Moabitess her mother-in-law was the wife of Elimelech and her name was Naomi you all know this Naomi's husband died and so so did both of her sons Ruth was married to one of her sons as you know, Orpha, who was one of the other daughter-in-laws, went back. But Ruth could not. She clave to Naomi. So much so that she said to her, Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And where you die, I will die. Naomi and Ruth had nothing. Their sustenance was in their, their head, that is, their husband. And that's just the way it was back then. They had nothing. They were beggars just trying to find food to survive. 
As it goes on, Ruth just lighted on a place to go glean. She had just happened to go to the right field to glean. Some people might call that happenstance. I will call it God's purpose stance. (laughs) It just so happens that there she met a man named Boaz. Now that brings us up to where we are now and Ruth coming to him by night so that she might get his attention, if you will. Boy, did she ever. Here we read of Ruth laying down at his feet. We are talking about submission. And what this points to is submission to Jesus Christ, that perhaps he might notice us and that he might be merciful to us. Do I believe in submission of the wife to her husband? I sure do, because I long by his grace to submit to him my husband. So let's look at some things here. And I'm not going to give a history lesson. I'm here to speak about Jesus Christ, and that is his people's Boaz. I want to look at his love for us in action, if you will. So let's break it down this way. His spreading his skirt over us, him going to the gate for us, him claiming what he has redeemed. So first, his spreading his skirt over us. As we see it here, Ruth has come to Boaz without him knowing it. This is a type, so not everything will fit in a type. A type is a shadow, so you just get the outline. But this is a picture of our Lord loving us and drawing us to himself. He does this through the gospel. I see Naomi in the book of Ruth as the gospel, at least in some places. The gospel which causes us to say, Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. And where you die, I will die. The gospel which directs us by his spirit to light on a field. The gospel which directs us directly to the kinsman, the Redeemer's feet. God Almighty, Jesus Christ, loved us with an everlasting love, the scripture tells us. Jeremiah 31, 3. The Lord hath appeared of, me, of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. We come to his feet because he has drawn us to himself, that he might spread his skirt over us. Again, the scripture confirms this, Ezekiel 16, 8. Now when I passed by thee and looked upon thee, Behold, thy time was the time of love, and I spread my skirt over thee and covered thy nakedness. Yea, I swear unto thee and entered into a covenant with thee, saith the Lord God, and thou becamest mine. Oh, that he might draw me. Once again and afresh, may he draw me. May he make known to me again that he has spread his skirt over me. <clears throat> what do I find there that is under his skirt? Safety, comfort, sustenance, salvation. When we come to him in such a way, he will not turn us away. After all, it is he that has drawn us to this place. What we, will he say to us? Verses 11 uh, through 13. 11 through 13. 
And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest. For all, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. <clears throat> and now it is true that I am near, thy near kinsman, howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of the kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee, as the Lord liveth. Lie down until the morning. He will do all, as it says here, all that thou requirest of me. What did she require? What do we require? Spread your skirt over me. Make me one of yours. We know that God Almighty has a chosen people, and he chose this people from the foundation of the world. He knows who all, they, that all, of, who all of them are, but they do not all know it. How do they come to know this? He begins to draw them, to draw them, to draw them to himself. He tells them that he will cover their nakedness. He will give them nourishment enough to sustain them. He does this immediately himself. <clears throat> he tells us to rest right there with him. That's where we rest, right at the feet of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Until the morning, he said, don't do anything but rest with him. What do his people do when he tells them this? We lay down at his feet and we rest with him. When the daylight comes, that is when the gospel comes to us in the day, what does it then do for us? Sends us away with plenty of sustenance. What does this sustenance tell us? Go on to verses 16 through 18 again. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done to her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me, for he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. Then said she, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. It has been revealed who we are to the master. And instead of judgment and condemnation, he sends us away with plenty. We have enough for ourselves, for ourselves and enough for others. But even further, the gospel, the gospel by his spirit... And I feel I, I must, must say it this way so that no one thinks I am saying we learn these things on our own. But we cannot learn these things on our own. His gospel must be attended by his spirit and his spirit then seals that to our heart. We know we have sustenance from him, but what does it go on to tell us? There is more yet to be done. He must do something so that he might redeem you to himself for good so that no one will have a claim on you other than himself. Ruth 3.18, then said, she, then said she, sit still, my daughter. Again, it says here to sit still. Do not do anything. He does not need our help. Then it says, until thou know how the matter will fall. I know he is able. The question is, is he willing? to do this for me. Then it says, 
for the man will not be in rest. Here's what I draw. This, this is where I draw my title from. Until he have finished the thing this day. My title is, he has finished the thing. So how long, he, how long did he finish the thing? He, or how did he finish this thing? He went to the gate for us. So next, him going to the gate. Let's read uh, Ruth chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Then went Boaz up to the gate and set him down there. And behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsman, Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me, that I may know. For there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Christ went to the gate where judgments were to be made. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5, we read, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. He came down and performed that transaction that was to purchase his people. Here we see it as Boaz buying back his brother's inheritance, and Naomi and Ruth came along with it. There was, as it says in Ruth chapter 3, a nearer of, nearer of kin, though. Boaz told Ruth there was a nearer of kin that he had to, deal, that had to be dealt with before he could redeem her. Boaz had to go where judgment was to be made and deal with this nearer of kin. We see here in Ruth 4 that this nearer of kin could not redeem his brother Elimelech's inheritance since Ruth was involved. What was the problem? Ruth was the wife of the dead. She was a stranger, a Moabitess. The nearer of kin could not redeem it because he could not give life to the dead. As a type, this certainly agrees with Scripture. Galatians 3.21 is the law then against the promises of God. God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. The law could not and cannot give life to the dead. It would mar his inheritance as we see it in type here in Ruth. The law is a glorious condemnation of death. The law kills, but it cannot make alive. Not because there's some flaw in the law, but because of the flesh. The law was never intended to give life to anyone. God knows what is in the heart of man, 
He knows no one would ever be able to keep his law. The law was never designed. It was never meant to give life. It was meant to show our deadness and condemnation before God and to shut our mouths so that we would have nothing to say against his judgment against us. We cannot approach God through the law. If we attempt to do that, we will die. Remember Mount Sinai? There will be no life there. You get even close to the, that mountain, you will be consumed. Now going back to Ruth, I want to look at this a little closer when it comes to what this other near of kin did. He ended up drawing off his shoe to show and to witness to all who were there that Boaz would be the one that would redeem their brother Elimelech's land along with Naomi and Ruth. I think there is some significance as to how this happened here in Ruth, and the significance is the gospel. So let's read another passage, though, real quick on this of the taking off of the shoe. And you don't have to turn here. I'm just going to read it from, from my notes here. Deuteronomy 25, starting in verse 5. If brethren dwell together and one of them die and have no child, the wife of the dead shall not marry without unto a stranger. Her husband's brother shall go in unto her and take her to him to wife and perform the duty of an husband's brother unto her. And it shall be that the firstborn which she beareth shall succeed in the name of his brother which is dead, that his name be, be not put out of Israel. And if the man like, like not to take his brother's wife, then let his brother's wife go up to the gate unto the elders and say, My husband's brother refuses to raise up unto his brother a name in Israel. He will not perform the duty of my husband's brother. Then the elders of his city shall call him and speak unto him. And if he, if he stand not to it and say, I like not to take, take her, then shall his brother's wife come unto him in the presence of the elders and loose his shoe from off his foot and spit in his face and shall answer and say, So shall it be done unto that man that will not build up his brother's house. Do you see here if the man will not build up his brother's house, the wife of the brother shall come into the presence of the elders. That's what it says. But in Ruth 4, we read of another going to the gate. Ruth did not go. She could not go. She is a dead one. She has nothing. She is about as poor as a person could be. She could not redeem a thing. She is an outsider. She could not approach into the law for union because she would be consumed. But there was one who would go in her stead. There is one who went to the gate of judgment in our stead if we are one of his. Just as Boaz went to the gate for Ruth, Christ did for his people. Jesus Christ, as we read from Galatians 4, came down and was, was made of a woman and made under the law that he might redeem those that were under the law. The law was still in full force for some, but not everyone knows they are under the law. Not everyone knows they are in bondage to the law. They think it is their bed buddy. They are devoted to it, not realizing what it really demands. Some are right at home with the law even though the law condemns them to death. They are quite happy and alive with the law, 
just as Paul tells us in Romans 7, just as all of us are by nature. We were all at one time alive in the law. But God at his appointed time sent his arrow of his law into our heart so that we would see that his, what his law was truly meant for. When he sends that law and we actually see what it says, then sin revives and we die. What happens then when we die? We are brought to the realization that we are all dead in Adam. Remember, Elimelech's dead, and so we are dead. <clears throat> Adam died, and when he died, we all died. The Scripture testifies to this very thing. Although if we are dead, we cannot see what Scripture says. Until he comes to us in grace and opens our eyes, we cannot see we are dead. But when he does, then we will know that we are dead before a living God. Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. That one which is a nearer of kin to be appeased, and the matter settled at the gate of judgment. We cannot get around this. But he, Jesus Christ, had to deal with us as he knew that we could not and she could not. <clears throat> the one that is nearer of kin cannot give us life. Go back to Ruth 3 for a, a minute, verses 11 through 13. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman, howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning that if thou wilt perform unto thee, if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee as the Lord liveth. Lie down until the morning. <clears throat> Boaz stood in our place. He was not going to let Ruth go and deal with this, for he knew she could not. Jesus Christ knew we could not deal with our offenses against him, so he dealt with it on our behalf. There is another thing about this shoe. As we saw before, the wife of the dead brother in, Deuteron the wife of the dead, uh, brother in Deuteronomy was to go before the elders and do this thing. But here in Ruth, Boaz goes before the elders. Boaz does all the right things so that he might have a bride in Ruth. The amazing thing I see here is the man takes off his own shoe and gives it to Boaz. Boaz did the transaction to show and prove that it is he that will redeem the dead to life. Jesus Christ did what was needed when he came down and made himself of no reputation and was made a curse and sin for us. He went to that tree where God the Father pierced him through when we read, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then he himself announces to us, it is finished. The transaction is done. The great transaction is done. We have a nearer of kin who was willing to redeem us from deadness to life. He redeemed us from a nearer kin, that law, which kills us and shuts our mouth. It demands death. 
Why did this nearer of kin give Boaz his shoe? What can we see from this? This shows us the superiority of Jesus Christ. He is the greater glory. So turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and we'll read this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verses 5 through 9. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. I believe what we see in picture here in Ruth is the, is the law showing that Christ is the more glorious, more glorious than the glorious law given at Sinai. Christ exceeds in glory. We do not look at the lesser glory. We look to the greater glory. The law removes its own shoe, so to speak, to show us the righteousness of God without the law. So here is what we see from the account in Ruth. Ruth was bought, uh, bought, brought to Boaz, and she clinged to Boaz. Boaz took Ruth's place to go to the gate on her behalf. He was not going to leave it up to Ruth because he loved her. Just as Christ loved his church and gave himself for it, he said to Ruth in Ruth. 3 verses 12 and 13. And now it is true that I am thy nearer kinsman, howbeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning that if I, he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then I will do the part of a kinsman to thee as the Lord liveth. Lie down until the morning. I like thinking about this next verse. This is where we see the faithfulness of God. In verse 18, Then she said, this is Naomi speaking to Ruth, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. Jesus Christ was faithful and is faithful to perform the duties of a near of kin when it comes to his people. He was set like a flint to perform that great transaction where he would make, be made manifest that he is the righteousness of God without the law. He has accomplished as we see it now on this side of the cross. But what is it or where is it that we can see him actually claiming for us, us as he is? So next, him claiming what he has redeemed. The law, because of what Christ did for his people, has no more dominion over us. Romans 7, 4, we read, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, 
What does this mean exactly when it says this? All men are born dead in trespasses and in sin. But for those he chose and those alone, his chosen, chosen people died in him. Their judgment was given to him. He took care of the nearer kin because he is his people's federal head. So when he died, we died. Then it goes on to say that ye should be married to another. We cannot be married to another, meaning if we have died in him, we can no longer be married to another. If we are dead, we are married, we are married to another. But we are married to another. Who are we married to? Even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God, it says. We are alive again and evermore because we died in him and we rose to life in him. We could never go to the gate of judgment because we are dead and we have nothing to redeem with. We are totally poor. We are totally corrupt and we have no way, no hope of changing that in and of ourselves. We have to have a near of kin, our kinsman redeemer. He had to go up for us so that he could work out our redemption on that tree. He was perfect in all that he did. But when then he was made a curse and sin for us, because of this, he had to die. He was made what I was, so he had to die. In so doing, in him being our head, we died with him. His people being in him, we also died. So then now we are no longer under the, the dominion of the law. It has no power against us because Christ paid the debt of sin against his holy law in my place. But that's not all. We certainly died with him, but what else happened? It says in verse 4 of Romans 7, even to him who is raised from the dead. What do we read back in Romans 6? Romans 6 verses 3 and 4. Know ye not that so many of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We were raised with him unto eternal life. What does it go on to say in Romans uh, 6 verse 11? Likewise reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We still have this flesh, but we are told to reckon ourselves to be dead unto sin. But we are now alive with him, and we are now married to him. I am bound to him as my husband. I will walk in that newness of life and not in the oldness of the letter. If I look back to the law, I am committing spiritual adultery. If you will notice that Ruth never went to the gate. She had nothing to give and could not acquire anything. But he was willing, that is, Boaz as a picture of Christ. He knew she could not do it, so he went on her, on her behalf. There was no time where Boaz thought, Ruth, maybe you need to go up to the gate because you need to convince this nearer of kin of yourself that he might redeem you. Then if he won't, then I'll do it. Absolutely not. 
He tells Ruth, you stay here and get some rest. I will handle this thing. There was never a time when he ever considered Ruth going on her own behalf because he knew she would be refused. If you turn back to the law, you are saying that Christ is dead in vain. There was no need for Jesus Christ to die if the law could or can give life. The law does not give life. That is, before you are brought to know Jesus Christ, and it does not give you life after you know Christ. Jesus Christ is where we find our life, if we have life, because he is our life. Why do you need the law if you have Jesus Christ? I'm not looking to the law at all, because when I do... All I see is condemnation and death. Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. But if you turn to the law as your way of life, in any way and at any time, then you are saying that Christ is dead in vain. Hear the scripture, Galatians 2.21. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Jesus Christ is the righteousness, the life, without the law. What do we read in Romans 3, 21 and 22? But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. And that of is very important. Of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. Remember Boaz at the gate. He invited his elders to the gate. There were manifold witnesses to Jesus Christ and his glory. They all are witnesses to his glory and give witness to him being the near of kin who has redeemed a people for his name because the near of kin took off his shoe and gave it to Boaz. He will raise up the name of the dead upon his, uh, his inheritance, that is Boaz, because he can and he has. Folks, I'm here to tell you that if you're looking to the law, that, it might, that you might keep it and that that will bring you life before God, then you are under the dominion of that law. If you stay there, you will perish because the law cannot give life, period. But if he is, was pleased and is pleased then he, that he would take your place at the gate of judgment, then you are no longer required to do obeisance to the law. You are free to serve Jesus Christ, who is our life and who gave us life from the dead. He is our husband. Go back to Ruth 4, verses 9 through 13, Ruth 4. Nine through thirteen, and Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, Ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place. Ye are witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. 
The Lord make the woman that is coming into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which too did build the house of Israel, and do thou worthily in Ephrathah, and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thine house be like the house of Pharaoh, whom Tamar bare unto Judah, of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. I'm going to stop right there. <clears throat> he has his bride, that is, Jesus Christ has his bride because he has bought her for his, her, his inheritance. Not all that are his know they are his. He will in his own time draw them to himself and then let them know he has covered them with his skirt everlastingly. He will then let them know that he has went to the gate for them and that they are now freed from the curse of the law to serve him who loved them and gave, loved them and gave himself for them a ransom, paid in full. You don't have to do anything, just rest. Scripture says we work to rest. How do we do this? We believe him and we continue to believe him by his grace. If you don't know him or if you don't know if he knows you, all I can tell you to do is to cry out to him. Those who cry out to him will be heard because it is he that has put you in this place. Can you submit to him at his feet? He is the near of kin, the kinsman redeemer. He 